This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We come to you this week following the Stagecoach Country Music Festival competition held at Stoney's Rock and Rodeo last Saturday. Winners of this competition received one of four passes that were offered to the festival, which will be at the end of April this year, if the pandemic has not swallowed up yet another mass gathering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were also a couple of runner-ups, uh, or runners-up, <clears throat> and um, the folks who won, as well as the runners-up, were brought upstairs after the competition to discuss with Anne-Marie, the, uh, one of the people in charge of this competition, whether they would be interested in being on the stagecoach dance team. Uh, some are selected, some are asked. Um, it, it really depends. It's, like a, it's another level of the competition beyond just the passes. And the level of commitment and love of dance that is needed to be on the stagecoach honky-tonk team is uh, immense. The, the event itself happens in Southern, Southern California as the weather is starting to get warmer. This is around the Palm Springs, California uh, area to give people an idea who are coming from international uh, listening venues. Uh, there's a tent that's sort of a shelter from the sweltering heat outside. They say tent. It is really more of a hall that they have created. Yeah, it's like a temporary structure. Very yes. large. Hundreds of people capacity. Yeah, when I hear tent, I think like tarp. Mm. And it's not that. Yeah, there's a massive stage. They have live uh, bands perform on it sometimes. And it's air-conditioned. That's one of the best things about it. It's air-conditioned. Uh, outside, people are in their Daisy Dukes. And the guys are taking off their tops. And like everyone outside is very much feeling the heat but inside uh, we are sweating because of all the dance that's going on the honky tonk tent offers line dancing the entire weekend there are a couple like i don't want to say token but like additional like two-step and west coast swing classes offered here and there but mostly that tent is for the line dancers so if you are on the honky tonk team you have a shift. You have several shifts over the course of the weekend during which you will be on stage dancing everything that you know that comes up on those speakers. And then you know, in the backstage area, you get to take a break. This is all covered in previous episodes of Line Dance Podcast in which we discuss our reflections from this event. Uh, so really the, the point I'm driving at is that the folks who won these passes this last weekend uh, now have to ask themselves the additional question like, do I think I can handle, if I'm offered, do I think I can handle several days in essentially the desert uh, dancing as nonstop as possible to what hopefully is their favorite form of dance in the whole wide world? Yeah, um, and there's several competitions throughout California at several locations, and there's at f uh, four winners at each location so uh, Anne-Marie, along with the other members of her team, and I say team as in just the people who are putting it on, uh, get together and they decide who overall they believe is the best fit, who sounds like they're the most dedicated and committed, and 
who really fits the atmosphere they're going for, who fits the character that they they're, they want. Just like how uh, different event directors will hire different choreographers and instructors because they're going for a certain feel, it's the same kind of thing. And so they t- tend to rotate at least a few people you know, to get some new people in each year. Um, this year, they had um, a lot more spots open up because as of last year, the interest in joining the stagecoach team like quadrupled and there was so many veterans that they decided that to be fair and get some new fresh rotation in they decided that you know they're going to have a little bit more openings for new people who have never done it before uh just to you know kind of rotate and keep things fresh which is nice um as we've spoken in in previous episodes regarding stagecoach specifically, it really is a workout. There's something to be said about more than just dancing for several hours, which several hundreds of us do at these dance events, but you're also in the heat, in the dust. Um, staying hydrated can be extremely tricky if you're not careful. Um, as well as staying nourished because it's a festival, so you can't bring in your own food. So that that presents some tricky situations for some of us who have more dietary restrictions than others. But overall, Anne-Marie and her team do a fantastic job of putting together such an event and such a memory for people as well as in the back they tend to offer a lot of Gatorade and you know like fruits and you know like granola bars to help people stay powered through and they're constantly telling us to stay hydrated and you know if you're getting hot you know don't force yourself to keep going rest a song you know kind of situation but uh yeah I mean the competition at Stoney's this year, I was thoroughly impressed with. I, for one, was pleasantly surprised to see how many people were competing. In the past, hmm? Oh, I see that you have the uh, the group photo there. You, as you were mentioning uh, how many people competed, I was just kind of peering over to see if I could do a rough count. Uh, well, how many? Yeah. How many did you uh, recall? Well, this w- looks out? one. Two. That that one looks like all the competitors. It looks like at least fourteen. Fourteen, at least yeah. fourteen. Oh, duh! Right there, right. fourteen competitors. Oh yeah. <laughs> see the caption. Um, which is a lot more than there has been a pa- in the past. It mm-hmm. gets a little bit tricky. I don't know if the other bars and venues are the same, but this one's held on a twenty-one and overnight, so mm-hmm. that leaves out a lot of eighteen, nineteen, and twenty-year-olds. Now I'm not sure if you have to be a certain age to be on the dance team. But um, that is one one thing to consider consider why consider why there wasn't quite as many people as say in the SoCal areas. Um, but there was a lot of guys this year. Yeah, I was so happy with how many guys were out there competing, especially compared to previous years. Right? I mean, previous years, two, mm. maybe three. <laughs> so. I was very pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. 
when I kept seeing more and more guys sign in. So that was cool. From what I recall regarding 18 and over, uh, I also do not know whether you need to be over 21 for the team. And at the other venues, I, I know there was at least one location that had 18 and over allowed, but there might have just been the one. If, if there were more than that, there were maybe two, if I had to estimate, but the vast majority were 21 and over. Yeah. And also they have so many people in theirs that they have to do them in waves. So it's like, all right, this you know, wave one, we're going to do this dance. All right, now wave two, we're going to do the same dance. Like they can't even have everyone doing the same dance at the same time because there's so many people who want to do it down there. Yeah. And it's easier for them to all travel. If they, if, if like 50 people compete at one venue and only four of them win 46 of them might go to the next place the next night yeah or the next weekend there are several competitions in the la socal area and from my understanding the bars aren't too far apart from one another either so it's not like for instance us who have to drive two hours to get to stoney's uh, you know, they might be more like half an hour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people who talk about L.A. traffic and all that, but a lot of that's during the day. These these competitions are being held at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, so they've already um, gotten past a lot of that daytime L.A. traffic. It's a lot easier to get around at night. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but again, I was very, very pleasantly pleased with how many people showed up. Uh, I was a little bit torn because over half of them were friends of mine. Mm. So I wanted any of them to win. <laughs> so that was cool. We had people come from Sonoma County, from where we're from, which is about an hour north of San Francisco. We had people come from San Francisco. And we had people come from Reno, which is about two hours away from Sacramento as well. So it, we had a wide radius. I heard there were also people from San Diego. Yes. Which is about as far as you can get away uh, in California going south before you hit Mexico. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> we, we definitely had a very wide radius of, of people show up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there were three line dances mm-hmm. and three partner dances. The three line dances include Cat Painters, Steal the Show. There was, oh, I'm totally drawing a blank now. I know After Parties by Maurice oh, Rowe. Yes, we, they did After Party by Maurice. And then they did Stomp, Stomp Down. Down. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was very pleased to see one or more of these dances that are taught worldwide being played as the competition line dances um, at Stoney's um, Rock and Rodeo in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And then they had three partner dances. First was a two-step. Then there was a cowboy cha-cha. And last but not least, it was a drifter. Yes. It was drifter. Uh, so that was fun to see people's different variations with the dancing as well as with the um, partner dances and to see how they interpreted the music. One of the things I thought was interesting about Steal the Show is that it's not really set to a party kind of a song. So to sell the passion and the, uh, the sultriness of it, it's a different skill set than just going big. Like, 
if you take any song that's got an upbeat rhythm and you just jump higher and stomp louder, it's going to be a really tough race. Like everyone, maybe the guy with the stompiest boots might win in that case. But when you're looking at the competition overall and, you know, at Stagecoach, there will be a wide variety of music types played. Uh, overall, can they do both? Can they go high and also keep it low? What if they play at, you know, the, the honky-tonk tent, strip it down by Luke Bryan? You know, how are you going to make that look sexy and slow, appropriately slow? I thought Steal the Show helped show some balance and range among the dancers. Uh, and then on the other end of things, you have uh, Stomp Down, which was by... Uh, it's a Jose, and I love you, Jose. I am not going to butcher your name. And then Sebastian, and again, I'm not going to butcher your last name. <laughs> If I had to take a wild guess, I would go Holtland. It looks like Holtland. He's from the Netherlands. And then, uh, if I recall from the interview we did, it was Jose Miguel Bayoquefane. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That one. I respect him too much to butcher his name. I I, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think I remember Jamie Jamie Marshall saying something like, Jose Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um, So, I was very pleased with the fact that they did the three line dances and immediately went into the partner dances and the reason why is because you are on stage dancing in the heat for long periods of time and if you can't do six dances in a row realistically you got to work on your stamina if you're going to be on the dance team yeah as i recall every dancer's shift is something like three hours long three or four yeah, yeah. absolutely um and so I was glad that they just kept going because I know that in years past they were like, hey, yeah, we're going to do the three line dances. Then we're going to take like a two song break and then we'll do three line dances. And the problem with that is then the people who are watching get on the floor and have to get right back off the floor. And as someone who is not participating, it's fun just to watch it and be done with it. And then, mm-hmm. OK, you get to go on with your night as opposed to have that almost yo-yo effect. Yeah. Transition time takes away dance time and some people are there to dance. Yeah. So and I was very impressed with everybody. I feel like almost every single person like left it on the dance floor. They brought their A game and they all can walk away proud regardless if they placed or not um, with the opportunity because they did so good. I know um, one of my friends and slash students has improved dramatically over the past month and a half just because of how much he's been focusing on this and thinking about it and like He's been looking up and he's been smiling more and he's been like listening to the lyrics so that he can play more and he's been pulling his shoulders back and like standing up straighter so he's coming across as a cleaner dancer and he's just he's just so improved and he still understands the most important thing about it which is to continue to have fun. And so I'm really really proud of him specifically as as well as so many other of my friends just for having the courage to compete because it is not easy I did it last year and it was it was an intense situation like I had a blast and you know I'm very very grateful to my partner for stepping up and having fun with me but um seriously like it takes courage to put yourself out there like that knowing people are indeed watching you Mm -hmm. yeah I noticed that uh, 
in the judging panel, one of the things that came up fairly unanimously among uh, a couple of the 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 top because they they had two male winners and two female winners, um, and a couple of the names that everyone well, like there was a male and a female that each had this similar feedback. It was consistency and projecting out like to the back of the house. This honky tonk tent is huge. If you think, oh yeah, I'm having a good time, but no one can see it, that doesn't really help for what the honky tonk team is, is there for. Like you want your dancing to be infectiously positive mm-hmm. so that people just coming in from a concert can look up and see you like having the time of your life from the back of the tent and be like, Oh man, I'm missing out. I got to get out there right now. And um, our friend Keith, uh, in in the male category, he has had musical theater training. Like he he has done musical theater in in his time. He's been a theater tech, as far as I recall. Um, and he knows all about playing to the back of the house. Like uh, he's also done dance classes, and he he's been told similar things for performances there. Like. It's not enough just to know to yourself that you're having a great time. As you've mentioned before, sometimes you you just need every dance that you're doing in a competition like this to seem, whether it is or not, like your very favorite dance. Of yes. Every dance you could possibly be doing, this is the one that lights you up and shoots fireworks out your fingers. And he was definitely putting that out there very consistently whether it was during his partner dancing with his girlfriend uh, or his his recent um, significant fellow dancer of ours um, (laughs) uh, or whether it was doing line dance and looking like he was totally in the zone and not looking down not looking up but looking out as though he were already on stage in the honky tonk like that that had all of us uh, hooked uh, in the room and certainly in the judging panel and our other friend uh, Natalie, she has had previous um, experience with the square dancing team, also at Stagecoach, and so this was, I'm sure, you know, second nature for her. She already enjoys line dance uh, as much as you know anyone of our Sonoma State Line Dance Club folks. Uh, and also, I'd like to note, Keith is our president for life of Sonoma State Line <laughs> Dance Club. Uh, it was it was a good year for Sonoma State Line Dance Club uh, in this competition. Um, Natalie also had that consistency of facial expression, shoulder movement, appropriate movement for the music choices and dance styles. And she's had lots of experience uh, in partner dancing as well. So it was, it was really just a, a very well-rounded uh, showing from her as well. How about the other two? Hmm? It was um, Andrew Roberts and uh, Camila... Camelia Variale, according Variale. to uh, to Facebook. I don't know her as well, but I noticed the same thing about her expression when she would dance, especially in the line dance portion, but uh, also in, in the partner portion. She looked like it was a sunny day out, like a sunny spring day, and she she was like a Disney princess picking flowers. She just had so much joy on her face when she was doing any of the dances. Sometimes you'd catch her singing along. Uh, sometimes she would just kind of be like sort of wistfully experiencing it. And w- you get the sense that whatever's going through her head right now, like you want in on that. You want you want to be part of that feeling. And that, again, is so that's a gold to be on, uh, up on stage sharing that with hundreds of other dancers. Uh, 
and I think that probably contributed uh, in large part to, to her uh, win of the uh, other ticket on the female half. Yeah. And then Andrew, would you like to say anything about Andrew? For oh, I, I, have my, I have all of my opinions on all of the contestants, okay. so feel free to continue with yours A- first. Andrew is one of my favorite people to watch dance in Reno. Uh, a couple of the others being our friend uh, Dustin Valcaldo, who teaches uh, all over the place in Reno uh, and Sparks area in Nevada. And uh, Max Walcott, who is like a freestyle master. The things he thinks of, I don't even know if it's thinking, if it's just instinct for him at this point. Uh, Those three, when they get out on the floor, make every dance like a neck-turning experience. Like, oh, I'm missing something. Oh, but look, what what did I catch out of the corner of my eye? You know, I think Darren, Fred, and Shane. Hmm. Yeah. Honestly, like if the three of them are dancing next to each other, it's the same kind of concept as the three of these guys dancing next to each other. You're like, wait, who's going to do what next? Mm-hmm. Who's wait? Like it's you. It's like who do I watch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, with Max, it's, there's there's a lot of isolation and movement that you wouldn't even think a human could do, and then he does it and pulls it off, and then just seamlessly moves into the next thing. And you're like, but I was watching that other thing you were doing, and like, okay, I guess we're moving on. Like, <laughs> And then with with Dustin, he's very understated, very clean <clears throat> and sharp, and he he's like he, he's like the like the James Dean almost. If 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 it were like James Dean versus like Gilbert Gottfried or, or some person who's like saying a lot of things and saying them loudly, and, and then Dustin be like, yeah, but have you thought about this? And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> that's 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 how I I feel when I see like. Him just do this little subtle like head turn, like he'll he'll do these little strong movements, and as somebody who has been you know, described as bouncing off the wall in my uh, my day, uh, that is something that I see and I think like how does he do that? Like have like the gravity in his footwork to just make every movement count that hard, uh, without being like overpowering. He's not like stomping into the floor and and like being violent. He's just like this is where my foot goes. Look at that. And uh, so with Andrew, he has another completely different style where you can see that like the power in his movements as as well, like especially when he'll launch into like two or three spins and then he'll stop right where he wants to right when he wants to. So he has the power to like get that acceleration and also the power to stop. So he'll be able to put a lot more movement into counts that you wouldn't even think could contain that much movement. But then he can also decide, now I'm going to do this thing, this like this emotive thing that's happening in the music. And you don't see it coming because you think, oh, well, he's spinning. This is probably going to go on for a while. But then like he goes right into like some some miming of whatever whatever the singer is describing. And you're like, I never noticed that in the song before. But like either he's heard it a lot or like he just is is very perceptive they changed the intended song for after party i saw you know one of the things they did on the playlist for stonies was they played all of the dances that were going to be in the competition earlier in the evening which is great gives people a chance to prepare and think okay uh I, i know all the steps i'll just bring this when we dance it like later they did a different song for After Party and he still found ways to play with it. Yeah. He could not have seen that coming, but that is the sort of instinct that Andrew has for play. And I noticed even after the competition was over and people were going home like 12.30 a.m., the bar closes at 1.30, he was out there playing with Keith 
And like, how many times have they even seen each other in person? But they had such a, a rapport. Oh, well, uh, Andrew actually started with the grad. Right. So but like that, that was, I mean, the grad closed a year ago and you know, we haven't co- consistently to the grad in, you know, two or two, two years, maybe three. Yeah. But like, with Keith living out in Sacramento, he went more often than us. That's true. I had not considered that. Maybe he, he maybe he did get more of a chance to connect with them. But like but uh, either way, like the two of them together, just playing off of each other. There's mm-hmm. a chemistry there that was just undeniable and way too much fun to watch. Yeah. In, in that way, he reminds me of like since you were mentioning the, the, the three and three, he reminds me of Jono, Jono Lieberman, choreographer of The Wolf. And Stump Like What, Get Ugly, uh, a co-choreographer of Best Mistakes. He will play with you, with the Roger sisters, uh, with somebody who just, like John Robinson, you know, somebody who will just, like, see what's going on next to him. And if he thinks, yeah, this person could be shaken up a little bit, then, you know, he'll just get right in there with them. Uh, Andrew will call stuff out during Watermelon Crawl or, uh, you know, anything that's in Copperhead and some bars you go to, they'll call out certain things the same way every time, and you're just like, oh, well, I guess that's what they do here. And Andrew will just say whatever is, whatever is on his mind, and it makes it a new experience every time. And I wish that we had more access to you know, the Reno dance scene on a regular basis if it weren't four hours away over the mountains, uh, especially during winter with the, all the snow in Donner Pass. If we were able to see what he does every week, I, I would bet it would be new every time. And the same dances that you see every week would be fresh because that's how he interacts with the music. And that's how he dances to the music, just completely improvisationally. And, you know, he was the other of the two male winners. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I know that from my perspective... <clears throat> It was a really hard choice. Mm. There was a level of consistency, like you had mentioned, from certain participants, but it wasn't wasn't what I would have looked for necessarily as the selling factor Mm. in the sense of like, they never stood out to me Mm. in a way that it was good or bad. I definitely had a few in there that I was like, okay, that would not be someone I personally would see on this team representing Stagecoach and Anne-Marie. And, you know, that's not, I, I've been a part of it to know that, like, definitely that's not what she would be looking for. So, like, there was a few people that I was able to be like, okay, well, I, I kind of know that that person's probably not going to place. But they look like they're having the time of their life, so good for them. Um there was a few people, like you had mentioned, that were very consistent, but didn't stand out. They didn't, they didn't bring their A game. They were just kind of there. And some of them were having fun, and you can tell that they were having fun. And some of them, I kind of was like, hey, you are enjoying this, right? Um, whereas there was other people who I think if they could have figured out how to project the whole time would have placed much higher because when they were projecting they dominated that floor but then a few moments later they weren't there anymore so it was kind of like oh what are you doing come on stop you know because you had that you totally had that and I think that's that's a big thing to consider is 
Um, I, okay, so some of the people that didn't place, I would have had a hard time choosing over or not choosing for who did place. Like, it was not sold one way or another for me for any one person. Like, it was anybody's game. Because the people who I felt, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to go there. The people I felt who were consistent didn't project enough. The people who projected weren't consistent. So it was like, okay, what do you go for at that point? What do you choose? Now, there was a lot of people there that for the most part, anytime I looked at them, they were smiling. And that's good. But not all, like hardly any of them sold me on, this is the best dance ever. Like I'm used to seeing people like Joe and Rachel and Fred and Shane and all these people that we are able to see and learn from anytime we go to any event across the world because we are so lucky to have so many talented people that I had a much higher level of expectation and I had to remind myself as the the whole event was going through that I need to like remember who's dancing and that they haven't been dancing since before they were born because they're not Madison Glover you know like I had to like really check myself and what I was looking for and expecting from what was presented and that's not because they're not capable of it it's just that none of them have that level of experience because None of us are Madison Glover, born dancing, <laughs> you know, that kind of situation. So I had to like really, really think about it. Like I am so happy with the winners. I think the winners did a fantastic job and really did earn their spots. I really do. But it was still one of those things where it wasn't what I was wanting. I wanted more from everybody on that dance floor. I wanted more because the other thing is, two name names, I dance with Natalie, I dance with Keith, I dance with Andrew, I dance with Jess, I dance with Jake, I dance with Joey. I, like Again, most of my friends competed, so I know what these people are genuinely capable of, and I think they let the idea that it was a competition get a little bit in the way of what they're capable of. Because I've seen them let loose. I've seen them just dominate a dance and it's their favorite dance in the world. Which is also probably why I had a little bit higher expectation too. Because I had to remind myself, I have to pretend like I've never seen these people dance before in my life. And so like that's where I was at. So I kept going back and forth every every couple of walls. And I was like, oh, okay, so her and him and her and him. And then next wall. No, no, no. Okay, so her and her and him. Yes, still him. Okay, next wall. No, dang it. Would you guys just stop? So it was, I was very grateful I was actually not a judge this year, um, which I almost was because I would have had the world's toughest decision picking because, like I said, they all did a great job, but at the same time, I wanted more. 
So it's also hard, especially when you're not used to the dances or you're not used to performing or even, you know, some of these like, okay, I'm going to give you a huge shout out to Keith. He learned one of these dances that night and he still was one of the four. Like that's how awesome he is. One of the giveaways also for when people did not know the dance would be when they broke from projecting and enthusiasm, which Keith had throughout, and would like look down at somebody else's feet. And these dances are announced well in advance of the competition. If you really want this, you're you know dancing it multiple times a day, finding ways to play with it, listening to nuances in the lyrics. And if at the day of the competition, you're still trying to remember just the basic footwork, it shows. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I will give Keith a huge shout out because I would not have known because he didn't tell me until afterwards that he had learned that. And I'm like, wait, what? Because you would not have been able to tell yeah. at all. It looked like he'd been practicing it for months. Yep. So that was really cool. <laughs> so I'll give him a huge shout out to that. I was glad, but also a little disappointed that they changed the song that they use at Stoney's, which is not even the original song um, for After Party. Mm. I was glad because it threw a little bit of a wrench in there. But at the same time, I know that people were expecting that. And After Party was the first dance played. So having that wrench thrown right at the beginning really, I think, knocked some people for a, oh, crap, now what do I do? Because I've been preparing to this song because I've been playing it to this song for the last six and a half months, basically. You know, every night of the week, they play it to that song, sometimes twice a night. So I think that could have been a little bit intimidating in the sense that it's a competition. At the same time, you know, that's where you're gonna see people who are able to adapt. However, at the same time, going on the other side again, it really, I feel like they should have had that maybe done the third dance. I think, I think that would have been a really good way to do that if they're going to change the song. Because they didn't announce the song to people. Like, Stomp Down is going to be to Stomp Down. Steal the Show is going to be to Steal the Show. After Party... If you don't know that After Party wasn't choreographed to whatever song they play in the bar that you learn it to, you're going to expect it to be to that. And then they switch it on you. Like, I knew Two Step, I knew uh, Drifter, and I knew Cowboy Cha-Cha was anybody's game. Like, those are styles of dance for Two Step. And partner pattern dances for a style of music, not a this is set to this song kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. um, so I was, I was a little, okay, I think that that was kind of a interesting call for switching after party. Mm. Especially seeing as I know that some people were preparing variations to show off on that dance with the music that they've been listening to it for the last six months. Mm -hmm. 
like and and longer i mean cat's been teaching after party for a very long time and they normally dance it to um take it from me and so for that to switch to whatever song was actually even played uh, i wasn't even impressed with the song itself mm-hmm. like at least take it from me is a fun song mm-hmm. um you know it was just one of those things where i, I really do was like oh huh okay well here goes nothing guys and i mean like i said everybody did a great job and they they really brought brought it to the dance floor and i think for the most part given all of the variables they did their best i don't feel like any one person should be like oh i should have done better i should have done more because it it was what it was they brought what they could at that time and I think the best thing they can do now is just be like, okay, how can I improve? It, winners included. Um, because the winners, if if they are asked, because there's not a guarantee that just because you win the competition, you're on the team. Um, I think the winners can now really be like, okay, what can I do as a dancer to continue to grow? So... I don't know. Just, just my, my thoughts. I know that I enjoyed watching everybody. I enjoyed cheering everybody on. Um, I purposely stood on the far side and the back wall, essentially, so that when people turned around and I told all my friends who are competing, I'm going to be on the back wall. So feel free to look for me so that this way you're looking up. Mm-hmm. I think that was, was that a Rachel tip that we got after competing one year find someone on each wall so that you're always looking up i think she might have mentioned that about demos as well because she noticed that i i have overcompensated as well in the past where i'll look so far up that i'm like in my own world (laughs) and uh, one of the things that i that i do during gigs i don't like making eye contact when i'm singing it's like awkward because they can do whatever they want they can make faces and i am 100 percent captive i have to stay in that seat no matter what happens <laughs> on their face i have to keep my facial composure like a musically appropriate um tenor and what i will do sometimes is i will look between their faces so i'm at eye level maybe i'm just like a hair over one side of their ear and they just think, no, well, he must be looking at somebody behind me. There's no one behind them. I'm, I'm looking among them, but I'm not looking at them. So I, I try to do that sometimes with dance as well. If it's in a, if, if it's in a, um, one of these situations where you need to be looking out kind of where they are, but it's too awkward and you'll forget steps if you look at someone, especially if they make a face at you, like, again, Jono might do it. You never know. Um, <laughs> If that were to happen, then you'd feel like, oh, man, like I knew better. I should have just looked somewhere else. But like you can't look at your shoes. You can't look at the ceiling. I tell people during lessons like your uh, your body will go where your eyes go. If you're looking at the floor, you are heading to the floor. Yeah. You will end up on the floor. Um, and maybe that's why I'm so bouncy because I look up so much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'll blame it on that. But yeah. Like generally speaking, if you can look out at eye level, but just kind of between people, you can give the illusion or the impression that you are making eye contact at someone. It's just next to the person who uh, you know, thinks that it, it's near them. Yeah, it, it's one of the things that anytime 
I have friends competing or performing or demoing, I try to be somewhere that they can very clearly find me and I throw back a basically performance level energy. So even though I'm not performing, I will give what a performer is supposed to give on stage so that they have someone to work off of. Mm-hmm. Because I know you've, you've experienced it. I personally have experienced it. It's really hard to keep throwing out energy and not getting anything back. It's mm-hmm. really hard to perform for someone or even teach if no one says anything. You're like, so how are everybody doing? How are we doing? You blah, blah, blah. Are we having fun? And everybody's like, mm, yeah. You're like, wait, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> and you're like, you keep giving and giving and giving and you're just emptying your cup that way. You're not getting anything put back. It's really hard to keep giving like that. So I try and be guaranteed in the audience somewhere where people can see me giving that energy back. Mm. And so with a you know, a competition like this. I told Joey, I told Natalie, I told Keith, I told Jake, I told Jess, Mike. I'm like, I'm going to be on the back row. If you need to look at the back row and get energy, look for me. I'll give it. I promise. And so, you know, like it was a lot of fun because I know that there was a few times where some of my friends were going around for the partner stuff. I'm like, smile. And I was like, look, she's having fun. How about you? Kind of thing. And you know, there'd be a few times where they'd come around. I'm like, thank you for smiling. And then they'd smile bigger, you know, like just trying to get them to remember this is fun. This is fun. Stop thinking that this is the be all end all. Stop worrying about the count. Stop worrying about what move you're going to do next. Breathe. Enjoy the moment because you don't know how long it's going to last. And right now you get to dance. Mm-hmm. So cherish it. Yeah, this is coming from someone who's had a hip issue, a calf, was it strain or tear? I, or something? I tore my you calf. You tore your muscle. calf, you got knee stuff, you got. Well, in your time, you have had many <laughs> things that take you, that have taken you away from dance or have made it more difficult. So if anyone knows uh, <laughs> how precious it is when you do have a night of perfect health and you're feeling the music and you're with your friends, it's, it's definitely you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's just one of those things where I just think, you know, you just got to remember at the core of all of this, you hear it from your dance teachers all the time. You hear it from your friends. It's supposed to be fun. If it's not fun, you're not doing it right. If anyone wants a homework project, you can go through our interviews for Lion Dance Podcast. And when we ask people to give advice to dancers everywhere uh, up on the virtual billboard of life, Count up and and tell us how many of them just say have fun. Right? That's simple. Right? You you bring up an excellent point because it's true. And a lot of times we forget that. A lot of times we do the, oh, not this song again. I've heard it a hundred times already. And we forget that, you know, way back when we were excited to dance that dance. Or, I mean, I've talked about it with friends too with the, I remember when I used to like rush out to the floor for this dance. Now here I am on the sidelines. What is going on? I know the dance. I could go dance it. Mm-hmm. Also stressing about uh, technique, thinking that every like uh, uh, 
Dizzy. Dizzy was the one that you mentioned. Uh, Thank you, took, John Robinson. Yeah, when you took your private lesson with uh, with John, you started questioning whether you were even walking correctly. And through no fault of his like criticism or anything, but just giving you so much information that you have to process it with like every little twitch of your foot after that, or you'll wonder, am I setting bad habits for myself? And that can be what goes through people's mind with dance after a while. They start out just doing whatever their body tells them, and then somebody tells them, oh, well, if you do this, then you might get a little bit more of this out of that. And you're like, oh, wow, I'd love to do that, but, but I'm also trying to work on this other thing. And like, I think those two might conflict. So I got to stand up straighter, I got to extend, but then like, I need to stay tight, I need to be closed. But if I'm too closed, then I'm not projecting, I'm not expressing, ah! And then you just freak out and you don't enjoy the song and enjoy the dance. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of also um, kind of going down that path away from the Stonies competition. Um, it's a lot of things I see uh, as people are learning dances at events. They're so focused on where they need to put their foot or their arm on what count and where, what wall. And it's like they they lose the idea that like, this is a piece of music that they get to move and express themselves to. They're so focused. Um, as well as there's other songs that, and dances that I've seen that they've been dancing for years and they still doubt themselves. They're still so focused. And it's like, breathe, have fun. It's okay. You can like this song. <laughs> you know, one of the important things I got out of dancing back at Kodiak Jacks when I first started out was the idea of permission. Like... I did not typically move my hips in the way that people have seen me move my hips during line dances at that time that I was starting out. Then I discovered that certain line dances have hip movements built into them. And I enjoyed that. Like, I, I liked doing that, but, like, you don't just do that for Cupid Shuffle. You're not allowed to. They don't tell you to do your hips in Cupid Shuffle, so you don't do them. You just do the steps because those are the steps. But when it's a dance, when you have to do something a little wiggly... Or, you know, in, in the event scene uh, of, you know, hold your horses and just like crazy arm movements that you would never be allowed to do on your own because you would look silly. Well, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing it correctly if I wave my arms in the air like a monkey. Like, um, that's what I am uh, doing according to the choreographer's wishes. Yes. And so I, I like to encourage in my step sheets something similar that, you know, if... if um, Somebody would really like to be doing an arm thing, but they're the only person doing it. They don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. I will just write it into the step sheet. Here's the part where you put your arms back and forth, and then here you're going to push, and then here you're going to have one hand in the air, and the other's on your belly like you're a very hungry hippo or something. And that gives people who want to play uh, an out. It gives them uh, somebody to point to when... Somebody says, what were you doing? No, no, he said I had to. He said I had to, so I did. <laughs> like, okay, I'll take it. You know, I, I want them to have the most fun that they can in these dances. And somebody's got to give them that permission because they're so new that they won't give it to themselves. Yes. Um, going off on that mm -hmm. even further, too, I have to say thank you a million times to Roy Hadashibroto and Rachel McEnany-White because those... Two. Not that anybody else wasn't, but those two stick out the most in my memory as people, not even meaning to, but have given me the permission to experience 
a dance, to play with it, to attempt to express myself even just a little bit slightly different than what was originally choreographed or something by adding an extra turn here or when the music drops out stopping there or just some little small variation those two have been amazing people for me to watch and learn from without them even knowing (laughs) but have made such an impact on my life with that said I've also been very blessed to have several different people I have taken several different lessons from throughout the last few years at all these events that I'm lucky enough to be able to attend that when I come back home, for example, and teach Darren Bailey's Country Bump, there's two little eighth turns in the dance. The hulas? Yes, the hulas. And with those, I, as an instructor, try to give people permission. Because I am in, in that position on stage teaching them a dance. And so I try and tell them in those particular little, little two turns that they can just step eight turns, step eight turn nice and easy, nothing too complicated. However, if they're feeling a little bit extra and they want to bring it up a little bit or they want a little extra notch in it, they can add the the actual like hula-ish turn to it and use their, their backside a little bit more. And I always say, you know, I got a little extra junk in my trunk or, you know, like my, what my mama gave me or, or something like that just to like, you know, tell them that like that's what I'm doing but that they have any range to go from just the step eight turn step eight turn up to like you know moving their hips a lot um I thought it funny too because at Palm Springs winter break with Michael and Michelle I was demoing that dance and even Michael Barr says Megan don't throw out your hip (laughs) so you know it's one of those things where you know, I've, I've definitely accentuated that particular movement myself, but I always tell my people, this is your dance. You choose the level of expression you want. You're allowed to do that. And by just stating that, I'm hoping that they feel more comfortable, that they're allowed to shake their tushy a little bit more if that's what's in the mood because she said so she's the instructor she told me i could (laughs) you know as opposed to just shying in the corner and being like i'm not allowed to do this Mm -hmm. you know it's okay kind of thing and i think there was a lot for that night that people took a little bit of a chance on with uh stonies Mm -hmm. specifically sorry going back there Mm -hmm. um that I'm hoping that some of the people watching maybe got some ideas about how they're allowed to play with dances. Mm. So, yeah, you can feel free. All right. I just We uh, got about 8 minutes. Yeah, I just picked up the playlist and I know that a lot of folks uh, who listen to our event breakdowns uh enjoy hearing what was played at that event. Well, this was an event in and of itself, Stoney's Rock and Rodeo, 7 March 2020. 
And a lot of these, uh, I will probably end up breezing through. I mean, we've got you know, two-step and whatnot. And then others are a special end of note as we get toward the end of the evening. <clears throat> Anyhow, we have Someone Else, Keep It Simple, Lily, or Like I Love You, Soul Shake at 8 p.m., e Electric Slide, A Two-Step, Dizzy, Cowboy, Sugar Sugar by Doug Miranda, Lonely Drum, Cowboy Cha-Cha to the song, Burn oh, pardon me, Cowboy Cha-Cha, uh, to Burnout by Midland, Drifter, Back on Texas Time, which was floor split with another Texas Time. I'm dance. really impressed at how many are considered quote-unquote circuit dances right now. Hmm, I just want to state that. Barroom Romeo to the song There Was This Girl by Riley Green. I enjoy that uh, song as well. Uh, 13MWZ slash Undos Trace to the song Maria uh, by Ricky Martin. Sure. Ricky Martin, let's say. I don't, somebody can tell me I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Ricky Martin. Uh, the Bounce, After Party, Cupid Shuffle, Two Step, Senorita La 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 La. And I think it might have been floor split with Call Me Senorita. It was. Yeah. Uh, then we had Stitches, We Are Tonight, Stomp Down, A Swing Dance, Waltz uh, Around the Outside While People Did Waltz Across Texas in the Middle, Five Second Cha, The Wolf, some of us on the sidelines did No Vacancy, as they do in SoCal, to the song Singria. And in the main floor area, they did Cruisin'. Chill Factor, Steal the Show, Make It Shake, Make the Whole Place Shake. Uh, the soul line dance Nasty Girl, which many people refer to as The Wobble, which was set to the song Wobble by VIC, originally Nasty Girl. Uh, that was at 9.43 p.m. Then we have Traveling Four Corners. Uh, River City Cha-Cha to the song Somebody Like You. And unfortunately, I don't think any of us felt strong enough on I did not. the UK favorite Somebody Like You to do it in the middle. Especially with the floor size of the middle, I mm -hmm. would have wanted more room with the way that turns. Yeah. After that, we had Horseshoe to the song How About You. I think it was How About You. It sounded like he said it so many times in that song How About You. I just figured that was probably the name. Then we have Country As Can Be, which many refer to as The Outlaw when it is set to the song Whiskey Drinking SOB. And then we have The Competition for a good stretch of time. And then after that, we have Dance Like Your Daddy, Power Mix, Watermelon Crawl. Damn. With five exclamation points. Sugar Honey IT, MIB, Two Step. Uh, I unfortunately was out of the room for this one, but there was a floor split of Dance Monkey and Dance Monkey Dance. New Thang, Tropicana Parking Lot to the song Heads Carolina Tales California, Two Step, Black Ick 3 or Black Ice, if you're not spelling it with the number 3, and Nightclub Two Step uh, slash Slow Dance to the song In Case You Didn't Know. Uh, they had a sidekick uh, circle partner dancer on the outside for this one, and in the middle we did X's and O's, which was by uh, Rick Dominguez and John Lieberman. <clears throat> then we have All Shook Up, Fishin', Tush Push, Copperhead Road, and this is the one with the heel hook, heel hook, as shown in the video by Buckle, the clothe, clothing brand on YouTube. And then we have God Bless Texas, Play That Sex, Nothing But You, a floor split of a healthy number of people, I would say, doing Whip It. I was it. very pleased. Yes. Many folks doing Whip It by Rachel McEnany White and Shane McKeever, uh, while everyone else did Aces and Eights. Then we had Going Ham, Ain't Too Cool. Don't sweat it. Yay! Yeah. Uh, by Shane McKeever. And Fred Whitehouse and Rebecca Lee. Yes. Yes. Then we had Booty Shaken, Eye Candy at 12.19 a.m. 
Alley Cat, Lonely Drum, Hef Pest Tipsy. Yay. Yeah. Uh, Cha-Cha Slide. And you know, not many people went out for that at first. I'm like, I'm going to get there out there and do this because I think people need to see how accessible this dance is. So I went out there and I played with it. Then we had Boomerang, Boots, Aw Shucks. Uh, and I was recommend, it was recommended by Carlos um, t- for me to look up Country Style by Carrie Kick and a co-choreographer. And then we have Reverse, put it in reverse, uh, and that's by Jessica Devlin and Shane McKeever. 52 Beers Ago, throwback to Kodiaks and Mavericks. Uh, Redneck Angel, MIB to the song Rodeo. Uh, Mbop in the main floor while Keith and I did Throwdown to the song Shut Up and Dance. Then we And that's um, by Walk the Moon, not the other one. Fishing, the get up, the get up, cherry on top, slapping leather, senorita, la 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 la, fireball by Will Craig, four on the floor, juicy fruit by Shane McKeever, uh, the wolf and waltz across Texas, and that was the end of the night. Yeah, I mean, it was. I started thinking about it, and I'm looking at this list, and other than a small handful, you really could see this list at a circuit event. And I'm kind of pleased by that. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why we love going to Stoney's as much as we do. Is because there is such a variety of music style, dance level, um, you know. And they have some partner stuff in there for people. But they also have a lot of line dancing. So there really is a little bit of everything at a night at Stoney's. Yeah, so, even chronologically, you got classics all the way to contemporary. Just ex- looking at that spread, ex- exactly. So I think um, Cat Painter is the main instructor for Stoney's Rock and Rodeo, and I think she has done a fabulous job of bringing in new and old dances. For instance, you know she taught After Party, and she taught Stomp Down. She picked two of those, or those two dances, plus her own, for a competition, a dance competition. So she has a classic in there, and then she has a new hit in there. And I think she's just done such a good job at making sure that there is a little bit of something for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, sometimes we're lucky enough that Chris and I can, can still bring in something new. Um, I say new in a very loosely used term because we brought in Don't Sweat It. Um, So far, it's just us who know it. But I have a feeling after this last uh, Saturday night that uh, more people will be researching that one and putting it on their wish list. Yeah, perhaps. And Juicy Fruit uh, has a a small contingent as well. I, I watched... I believe it was uh, Joey and Natalie dance it. And I thought, you know, this was on my list for a while. If I'm going to have other people who know it dancing it with me, I, I think it's time to learn it. That's how it happens. That's how it spreads. Right. Exactly. So. Any final thoughts on the competition at Stoney's overall? Um, congratulations. Huge shout out to the winners. Woo. And congratulations. Huge shout out, shout out to all the contestants. You guys did a great job. Um. I really hope that you guys are proud of yourselves for putting yourself out there for one and two can take it as a learning experience regardless of if you made the top four or not. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, I had a fantastic night that night. It was a lot of fun for me 
and I really needed that night to be exactly what it was, and I was so grateful for it. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting that. All right, well, for uh, Line Dance Podcast, part of LineDancer-Radio.com, uh, this has been Megan Barcelia with Christopher Gonzalez. Until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.